Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello, SFFEL listeners, and welcome to Backlist to the Future, our bi-weekly installment of recommendations from the deep and sometimes dusty corners of science fiction and fantasy. Because one show every two weeks is just not enough to cover all the books we want to talk about. I'm Sharifa Williams, recording on June 4th, and today I'm giving you a snapshot of two black women authors of SFF, with a backlist wreck for each. But before I get into that, I'm going to tell you about today's sponsor, which is TBR, Book Riot service for tailored book recommendations, now available as a gift. Is your favorite book lover hard to shop for? Give the gift of TBR, Book Riot subscription service offering tailored book recommendations for readers of all stripes. Choose from plans that allow your loved ones to receive hardcover books in the mail or recommendations by email as a one-time gift or year-long subscription, and sit back while our bibliologists do the rest. When your recipient redeems their gift, they'll complete a profile to tell TBR about their reading preferences and what they're looking for, and they can even connect to their Goodreads account. Then we'll match them up with a bibliologist who will handpick recommendations just for them. Gifts start at just 15 bucks, so there's an option for every budget. TBR is produced in partnership with Print, a bookstore in Portland, Maine, so when you treat someone's shelf, you're supporting an indie too. Visit mytbr.co slash gift to sign up today. That's mytbr.co slash gift. All right. So as of this recording, the George Floyd protests are still happening, and let me tell you, this has been a hard and painful week for Black people. Many are considering the ways Black people are and have been dehumanized, oppressed, and left out of the conversation. And some people are thinking critically about how racism presents and affects Black people in America for the first time. And of course, the world of science fiction and fantasy is far from untouched by racism, from, you know, sad puppies trying to gatekeep the Hugos to the simple fact of the dearth of speculative fiction works by Black people out there, it's apparent. We often turn to the late, great Octavia Butler for backlist selections for numerous reasons, including the fact that she's one of few Black science fiction writers to see success back when. And you've probably seen some Butler quotes going around because she wrote so accurately and with such frightening foresight about race and politics in the state of the world. And we, we've we talked about Butler's work quite a bit, but we don't often talk about the author herself or the authors in general behind these works, especially considering what they came through to get where they got. And I thought I'd use this episode to highlight two Black authors with excellent backlist works you should check out. So let's go ahead and start right away with the legendary Octavia Butler. Uh, Bloodchild and Other Stories was quite possibly the first science fiction book I ever read by a Black person. It blew my mind. It opened my eyes. I 
sought out more POC written sci-fi after reading um, Bloodchild. I hadn't realized these books even existed because they were never recommended to me. And this is before like we had a bunch of lists on the internet as well. And there was a huge dearth of works by marginalized people um, when I was coming up. So I felt a certain kinship with Butler as well because she lived in Pasadena where I spent most of my childhood and teens. And, you know, she was a socially awkward child who spent a lot of her time in the library, very much my life. And she was born in Pasadena in 1947. She was the only child of working class parents. And while Pasadena was integrated, she and her family experienced racism. It was that time. So while spending time at the library, she ended up developing this love for science fiction magazines and the stories they collected. And then inspired by these stories and science fiction films, she started writing from a really early age, like around her preteens, and later on won a college short story contest. It was kind of her big first published thing, and it was like $15, but that's rather exciting. And so in college, she got this idea for one of her most well-known works, uh, which you might know, it's Kindred. And Kindred was written in response to this comment that was made by one of her college peers who was involved in the Black Power movement. So after college, Butler ended up advancing as a writer. Um, she attended the Open Door Workshop of the Writers Guild of America West, which was a program for minority writers to get mentorship. And she also attended the Clarion Science Fiction Writers Workshop. A lot of writers know about Clarion. And... All the while, she worked. A t she worked these temporary jobs to make room for writing, and this is a this is something I used to think I do specifically because I came across her mentioning this in either an interview or one of her maybe even in the intro to Bloodchild, because of course I was trying to emulate Butler. Obviously, that did not happen. I um I can't handle that instability, but she also ended up. She made time to work on the Patternist series, which is huge, and which she got the seed of an idea for when she was 12 years old. 12 years old, again, people. <laughs> so starting in 1984, she rose in prominence. She won a host of awards, including the Hugo, the Nebula, and the Locus for stories featured in my recommended intro work for anybody new to Octavia Butler, which is Bloodchild and Other Stories, which is a fantastic collection. I think I've recommended on the main show before, at least. Um, and Butler's last book, Fledgling, was published in 2005. She died in 2006. And her manuscripts, correspondence, and other papers now are housed in one of my all-time favorite locations on Earth, which you should absolutely check out if you're ever in the LA area, which is the Huntington Library. And I definitely hope that one day I have the opportunity to see her papers up close. I have not had that chance yet. Um, definitely just went there to drink some tea and look at some flowers. But if you are intimidated by the magnitude of Octavia Butler's work, again, I recommend dipping a toe in via Blood Child and other stories. Those are a collection of her short stories, and they're a great way to get introduced to her voice and her style of writing. Okay, so next up is another favorite, Tanana Reeve Again, I've talked about Tanana Reeve a lot. 
And I'd say Dew's work, of course, more comfortably fits into the realm of horror. But I talk about her books often because of their paranormal emphasis. They are speculative works. And I actually didn't know much about the author herself until I read this Locus interview in preparation for this episode, which I'll link in the show notes as well. So Dew is from a less traveled by me part of the country, Tallahassee, Florida. And she's the daughter of not one, but two parents involved in civil rights with a civil rights lawyer father and a civil rights activist mother. And activism was kind of a family affair in their household. And in the interview, this interview I read, Do talks about how her mother wore dark glasses her entire adult life because she had sensitivity to light after a tear gassing, which is terrible. Um, but also her mom used to Xerox her short stories and pass them around the church, uh, which I just think is the sweetest, most mom-like thing to do. So in school, do studied journalism and English with an emphasis in Nigerian literature, which is very cool. And she also worked as a full-time reporter for the Miami Herald, which really tickled me because the main character in my soul to keep is a reporter. And I wondered while reading that book, how much of that experience was drawn from real life. Now I know. <laughs> so when I read another one of my faves, which is The Good House, I felt like it sort of harkened to a specific time in media. And I knew it was like, you know, around the 90s or that time period. But as it turns out, and as Du mentions in this interview, she came up in publishing around the time of Waiting to Exhale. So there was this big demand for black books and most of Du's early experiences as a published author involved tours in specifically black bookstores selling books to black readers. And she describes going to the Horror Writers Association later in her career, which honestly at any time period from now backwards is going to be predominantly white. And how it was like meeting the other, basically the other side of the family, like the genre family. And I had a similar reading experience, um, reading do as I did with Octavia Butler in that there was this book, here was this book featuring a black woman main character in a genre I really loved, but also a genre that had never given me characters who look like me, also written by a black person. And do actually met Octavia Butler at the African American Fantastic Imagination Explorations in Science Fiction, Fantasy, and Horror Conference, which is a very, very long name for a conference, might I say. Uh, but I, I just thought about that when I came across her, her mentioning that I was just like, wow, I would have made a complete fool of myself in that sort of situation, meeting somebody like Octavia Butler, but I'm sure... I'm sure you kept her cool. And here's something really awesome and probably is the only thing that has ever made me want to go back to school is that I learned that Dew created a course called The Sunken Place, Racism, Survival, and the Black Horror Aesthetic at my alma mater, UCLA. And if you have the streaming platform Shudder, you should definitely watch Dew in Horror Noir, A History of Black Horror, um, Tanana Reefdu is known as a film buff in horror, so lots of information there. If you're looking for a starting point for getting into the works of Tanana Reefdu, I just think short story collections are great for that sort of thing because, um, it's kind of, you can flip around from story to story 
and it's a bite-sized way to figure out if you enjoy an author. And so I recommend Ghost Stories. And that's it. That's it for my snapshots of these excellent speculative fiction writers. Um, of course, as always, thank you so much for listening. You can email us at sffyeah at bookriot.com. Please review us on Apple Podcasts. It helps people find us. Uh, we love to hear from you as well. You can find me online on Instagram. I'm at S Williams. That's S-Z-A-I-N-A-E Williams. 